All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, January 10th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And you know what, Pat? Let's just get into it. Let's just get into this top five. Let's do a five. I think this is a five weekend, the weekend of January 7th. Let's just do a five. Sure, plow the five. All right, so number one, Spider-Man No Way Home, $33 million, down 41%, lost 194 theaters. It is now at $668.7 million in its fourth weekend. Number two, Sing 2, $11.9 million, also dropping 41%, losing 179 theaters. It is at $109 million in its third frame. Number three, the 355, $4.8 million in its first weekend. Number four, The King's Man, $3.2 million, down 28%, losing 140 theaters. It's at $25 million in its third weekend. And number five, American Underdog, The Kurt Warner Story, $2.4 million, down 38%. It lost 85 theaters. It's at $18.7 million in its third weekend. And that is your top five. Yeah, I agree with you. All we needed was five. That that six through 10 is, is uh, I don't think there's any stories in there. I think we could talk about this five. So Clayton. The only story I would say okay. is House of Gucci at number 10 is at $50 million, which is yeah. a nice tidy sum for an adult skewing film yeah all right do we give it i mean now that you brought it up it hit 50 do we do we clap for house of no gucci? no we don't clap for house of gucci okay fair fair enough no class for house of gucci yeah um, it's not that impressive so the the thing i wanted to bring up in this top five the new movie debuting at number three the 355, Jessica Chastain spy movie. Last week, we we were pretty low on this. We even said it might cry macho. It would come in under $4 million. Thought it might have a chance of actually making $3.55 million. And that would, have been, that would have been nice. That would have been a nice headline. Make it easier on all the entertainment writers. That didn't happen. So $4.8 million. It's bad. I mean, this movie's a bomb. No one really wanted it. But that $4.8 million is higher than a lot of people thought it would make this weekend. So this is kind of a bomb that overperformed. I'm shocked because now just to clarify, cry, when, when a movie cries macho, Cry Macho opened to 4.4. Okay. So that is, I mean, this is around Crying Macho. But it did better than Cry Macho, which which we both agree we're shocked by because mm-hmm. I thought – and this was a comp that that was mentioned in Deadline. Uh, Anthony uh, D'Alessandro mentioned this, and this was a comp that we forgot about because this movie just kind of disappeared. The rhythm section mm. star- starring – what was her uh, – what's her name? Um, Blanken. Uh What's her? What's the? What's the lead in the? Uh, Blake Lively. Blake Lively. I was gonna. I was leaving you out to dry there. I, I wanted you to get it yourself. Feel that sense of accomplishment. 
Rude, rude. Uh, but anyway, so this is a she's and we've talked about her as like a stealthy star. So this was kind of a shock that mm-hmm. this film did so poorly. Jude Law was in it, female fronted action film, and this opened to two point seven. So that was more where I was thinking this film would would hit. And you know, I think what this shows is that there is a market. For this type of film, it just needs to be good. And this film was not good. Yeah. I mean, we were talking just today to a friend of the show, someone who's in the entertainment business, who went to see the 355 this weekend. And she went to see it. She listens to the B.O. Boys, listens every week. She knew that this movie was likely to be a bomb, a lot of bad buzz. But she went to see the 355 in the theaters because... She's a Peppermint fan. If you remember the Jennifer Garner action film Peppermint from 2018. Oh, how can I forget? She's a fan of girls out there. As she said, this is what she told us why she went. She likes to see girls on the big screen punching and kicking. You know, Mm -hmm. she likes to see the women taking charge, fighting back, kicking butt, blowing stuff up. She needs that every once in a while in her life. And... So she went to see the 355, said it was one of the worst movies she's ever seen. She understands why it bombed, but she couldn't help herself. She had to go. So there is an audience for this type of movie. There's a base level of just, you know, guys and girls, but a lot. I mean, it's it's a heavily female audience that wants to see these girls kicking butt and you just got to kick some quality butt and you could still make some money with these type of movies. You know, they weren't kicking quality butt in the 355. The reviews are bad. Trailer's bad. Everyone kind of knew this would be a stinker. But if you kick quality butt with this genre, you could definitely make some cash. I mean, the 355 getting to 4.8, as bad as that seems, I think shows that the audience is hungry for this. Yeah, so this film was 56% female viewers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 73% were over 25, and 40% were between the ages of 25 to 44. So, so they were getting some oldsters, you know, and of course, in, in on this show, anyone 32 or above is an oldster, and oldsters right now are not going to the movies. You know, well, not especially as much as, female uh, oldsters. Right. But the female oldsters wanted to come out for this. And if there was a better version of the 355 that maybe had a bigger movie star than a Jessica Chastain, who is a famous person and a award-winning actress, but I, uh, she's not a movie star. But if you had a movie star in a better version of a movie like this, you probably would have got more of these oldster women coming out to see girls kicking and punching and kicking butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, it's, the old, yeah. The oldster women wanted to come out for this. They really did. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it, listen, I mean, this is still a failure. Something like Peppermint opened to 134 Right. So, you know, there there was more people obviously going to the to movies when Peppermint came out, which that was 2018. But yeah, I do think that 
obviously we're seeing people going to see Spider-Man. They're also going to see other films now. And if you would have put a good product out there, the demo is available. Mm-hmm. And going mm-hmm. forward, they're going to be even more available once we get out of the 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 uh, COVID crisis. Right. And listen, it's January. And right now, everyone is making... You know, people at people out there, they like to go to doomsday scenarios. Everything's a dumpster fire. Everything's a literal dumpster fire. They they like that in terms of the modern box office. And the thing is, it's January. And traditionally, January has always been a fallow period. I mean, Janu- the, the term dumpuary didn't come out of thin air. January has always been a place for movies like the 355. You know, that maybe when they went to development, there were high hopes. Oh, we got Jessica Chastain. She's going to be kicking butt. She's got all Lupita Nyong'o and she's won an Oscar and she'll be kicking butt. And then the movie goes along development. They see the dailies. They see the rough cut and they know, you know what? There's a stinker. We got to put it in dumpuary. You know, so it's not like this is new. January is a time when a movie like the 355 gets squirted out and they shove it into movie theaters and they all know it's a stinker and that's just what happens this time of year. Yes, we we there are things that are still consistent with how they used to be mm-hmm. and you can have a hit in January, you can have a hit any time depending on what the product is, but studios still kind of try to stick to the tried and true methods and windows when they release certain films and this was a burn off yeah yeah no this was a thing that we have seen since the beginning of time or at least since the beginning of when box office numbers were recorded it's a stinker that came out in january and everyone kind of knew it would bomb and you know what it bombed a little bit less than we thought it would so i think that is a it's a you know we look for the positives here when it's truthful and I do think this is one. It 355 gets a 4.8 million shows that there things will be getting back to normal. Mhm. Well, so very quick, let's talk a little bit just quickly about Sing 2 cuz it's still number 2. Mhm. But the thing about Sing 2, Pat, did you know that this was a 17-day window and it is currently out on pvod it came out on friday on wow PVOD. so universal sticking to their rule where if it movie opens under a certain amount it's going to get the 17 day and sing opened up under i think it's what is it for 50 million i think it's 50 yeah and sing is 2 the- definitely opened under 50 yeah and so i mean obviously it went up against spider-man and and but I still think people will go to the theater to see this film, but you know that's going to take something away mm-hmm. from the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you look at this weekend in May, eleven point nine, so basically twelve million, only a forty-one percent drop from the weekend before. And if if it was available starting Friday in PVOD, it looks like the PVOD didn't really affect the box office all that much. You know, mm-hmm. that 41% drop shows that, you know, there is a chance a lot of people have ha, have not realized yet 
that Sing 2 was available on their television. But they're also, you know, it's a kid's movie. And parents obviously want to get the kids out of their hair. And so dumping them in front of the TV to watch Sing 2 is a great way to do that. But there's something to the complete silence you could get when you bring your kid to the movie theater and you know you have ushers who are also there to keep the kids quiet. You know, so parents might make that choice, even though they know they could watch it at home. Let me just bring them to the theater because if they get loud, I could, you know, someone will call the usher on these kids and then usher will come over and tell them to shut up. And it'll, it'll save me the trouble of having to yell at my kid again. Well, Pat, tell me where these ushers work, because that rarely is the case where I go to a film. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, listen, we're coastal elites. We see movies in the city, but perhaps in these suburban theaters, there is more of an usher culture. You know, maybe I'm wrong. So write to me if you live in uh, more of a suburban uh, area. But I feel like there's a little bit more of an usher culture in suburban movie theaters. I feel like New York is more litigious. Mm -hmm. If an usher comes over and tells a kid to be quiet, their parent is going to say, how dare you speak to my child that way? This is this law, this guy versus this guy, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. I'm going to, you'll lose your job. You'll lose your home. Your parents will lose their home. Mm -hmm. Get away from my child. And I think that's why you can't, an usher is just not going to go up against a a kid and a parent because they just don't want to get in a lawsuit. Right, right. Now, let's talk quickly about Mm Spider-Man. Six. $168.7 $168.7 million. It is now toppled and sunk Titanic. It is, I'm going to look at the all-time domestic right now. It, it is, is number six. Six. Yeah. And it is a butt hair away from Avengers Infinity War. So mm-hmm. we talked about this previously. It's going to beat Infinity War, which is at yes. 678 now, this is something we haven't talked about yet. Morbius has moved. Okay. That was a film that was supposed to come out at the end of this month. And with Morbius moving, I feel like this gives Spider-Man runway mm-hmm. to topple Black Panther at 700. Well, at this point, you know, I think Black Panther is... going down. Spider-Man No Way Home is only 32 million away from passing Black Panther. And Spider-Man made 33 million just in this past three-day weekend. Yeah. So Spider-Man is a week or a week and a half away from passing Black Panther, moving into number four. I think the fact that Morbius has moved And Spider-Man is going to have more runway to itself. And specifically, it's going to hold on to basically all of the premium screens for the next, you know, month and a half. And I think Scream 5 is going to get 
some premium screens, maybe Jackass when it comes out in early February will get some premium screens. But for the most part, Spider-Man's going to hold on to the IMAXs. Spider-Man's going to hold on to the main screen in every theater. And with no Morbius there, Spider-Man No Way Home could topple Avatar. It could get over $760 million. And No Way Home could end up number three on the all-time domestic list. So we agree, obviously, there's no chance it it, it touches Endgame, 858.3. That would be an impossibility. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But, yeah, I mean, looking like it is now, with mm-hmm. the release schedule as it stands, I think it beats Avatar. Does it have another... 90 million? Yeah, probably. It probably does. I mean, it made 33 just this past weekend. I think it's going to have another 90 domestic. Yeah, it's going to pass Avatar domestically. And then, you know, listen, if it doesn't do it now, there's going to be a re-release at some point. They'll do it to beat Avatar. Mm -hmm. There seems to be. And then Avatar will re-release to try and beat it. It, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that Avatar will come back into the theater to try to add money. And especially with Avatar sequels coming out, the Avatar sequel Mm -hmm. coming out this year, most likely, there's going to be an Avatar re-release. So there's going to be a battle back and forth with these two Mm -hmm. movies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just because Spider-Man will beat it now doesn't mean that Avatar won't come back, add a couple, you know, 10, 20 million to its kitty to try and beat it. Yeah. But I think, you know, you did mention Morbius, and that is something that happened in the past, you know, after we our episode aired last week, that Morbius moved from, when was it supposed to come out? January 28th, and now it's moved to April? April. Moved to April 1st. And I've seen a lot of people talking about why Sony moved Morbius. And there's been, again, a lot of, you know, uh, doom predictions of does this mean Sony is scared about the virus and people aren't going to go to the movies and they're moving Morbius. And that means, uh, I, I, and I, this is not going to happen, but I saw a lot of chatter where people were saying Morbius moved is scream going to move or all these movies going to move. Is it going to be like 2020 again? No, absolutely of not. Of course not. A hundred percent not. So first of all, everyone calm down. The BO boys are here. Let's talk you off the ledge. Step yeah. off the ledge. Step through the window. Let, don't slip. Don't fall. Let you me know, give him a it, little shh, 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 shh. Right. Right. Come on. Come on. Grab our hand. Grab our it's hand. Okay. Come in. It's okay. Come in. Calm down. And as soon as as soon as you come in, we're we're bear hugging you, and and mm. you know we're throwing you down because you stepped on a ledge. So we, we gotta you know. Uh, oh yeah, you need to make sure help. you don't try and jump right out. Yeah. Yeah. But. Step off the ledge because Sony didn't move Morbius because of the pandemic. They didn't move Morbius because they think theaters are in danger. They move Morbius, A, for what we said. They want to give Spider-Man, which is another one of their movies, some more runway to break records. And let's be honest. They are shooting new scenes because Mm -hmm. they got to get Spider-Man, probably an Andrew Garfield Spider-Man yes. into Morbius. 
That is why Morbius moved, because as of today, Morbius is not a real movie. They need to get Spider-Man in there to make it a real movie. Absolutely. I We talked about this when, when this was when this was first announced, it's a shame that they did this and didn't just come out and say, this is why we're doing it. We're going to make it better. Right. And not have people, like you said, freaking out because this is a bad time to move a movie when you just had your biggest ever movie released, which was Spider-Man No Way Home. Sony moving this gave people... A bad juju when they should have been saying, hey, guess what? We know you love this roller coaster ride. We're going to make this uh, this next roller coaster ride so much better. Not better than that movie, but better than it was. So give right. us a few more months. And people would have right. said, cool, we can't wait for this next amusement park ride. Right. I think Sony looked at their options And Sony said they thought, listen, we could be honest with people and tell them we're holding Morbius back because we're going to add more scenes. But if we do that, we're basically tipping off to them that we're adding Spider-Man, that we're bringing Andrew Garfield in. So they didn't want to do that. But if they don't do that, they're basically choosing to let people think that they're moving the movie because of the virus. And that's what Sony chose, you know, by not saying we're moving the movie because we're adding new scenes. They're letting people think that it's because of the virus. They're letting people think that the virus is getting worse. I got to say... I think it's irresponsible. I think it's irresponsible by Sony. It's irresponsible, but I get it. You know, they chose... We're in a no-spoiler culture. People hate spoilers. And Sony decided we don't want to put spoilers out there. Because if they said we're adding new scenes, they're basically putting spoilers out there. So they chose pandemic fear-mongering over spoilers. And pandemic fear-mongering is bad. We're not... The B.O. Boys are not endorsing using pandemic fear. We're not endorsing raising the fear levels. Fear levels are already high. But it was either that or risk spoiling comic book fans. And they that's what they chose. And I you, I know you, you're on the other side of this, but you get it, right? Oh, I totally get it. Just because I yeah. think it's irresponsible doesn't mean I don't, understand why they did mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i understand why people do irresponsible stuff all the time right right so that was the choice they had they could either basically spoil people and basically let them know we're adding spider-man scenes into morbius or they could let people get scared that sony has inside information that the pandemic's getting worse movie theaters are going to close more people are going to get sick And that's what they chose. They chose to let people think the pandemic is getting worse. And I don't know if their fans would fault them for that. Because if you ask the average Marvel fan, the average Spider-Man fan, 
would you rather be spoiled for the next Spider-Man movie or would you rather think that the pandemic is getting worse? They're not going to choose, I want to get spoiled for my next Spider-Man movie. They're just not going to do that. Yeah. You I know, would... and yeah. Oh, no, you go. Well, I was going to say Spider-Man uh, or, or Sony, they have access to customer research that none of us have. You know, they have access to, I'm sure, cell phone tracking. You know, they, they buy all this stolen data or, 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 or uh, data analysis from phone companies. They're doing uh, post-movie surveys. They're sending out emails with surveys. So they know their customers. And they, there is probably a, 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 a chart at, that's being shown to the head of Sony marketing or the head of uh, Sony PR that says our fans would rather think the pandemic is getting worse than to be spoiled. Yeah. And and what I would urge our listeners to do and what I would mm-hmm. urge them to urge their loved ones to do mm-hmm. is listen back to our past episodes. Mm-hmm. Where we have told everyone, honestly, whether or not COVID, in any of its iterations, was to blame for specific movies doing badly, moves, things like that. Because there is many a time where even at the beginning of the pandemic, where COVID was being used as a scapegoat and Mm -hmm. it wasn't the cause. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think when we write the definitive book of this time, which mm-hmm. only the B.O. boys can do, mm-hmm. we will have in there a definitive list of movies that were affected by COVID and ones that were not affected by COVID. And that right. will be the historical document. Now, all of that information is there for you to listen to. And I urge you to go back and listen to these episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we continue yeah. to do that, and we will continue to do that. So when we say Morbius has nothing to do with COVID, that is the truth. Right, right. Because we're not Sony. We're not We're not in that position where we have to choose spoilers or COVID fear-mongering. We only choose the truth. We only choose the facts. And the truth is Spider-Man is going to be in the next Morbius movie. They're filming Spider-Man scenes right now. They're putting them in this Morbius movie, and that's why it's being moved. It has nothing to do with COVID. has nothing to do with Sony having access to uh, data showing that COVID is going to get worse and that movie theaters are going to close. It's not that. Spoiler alert, Spider-Man is being added to the next Morbius movie, and they need a couple of months to you know render all the footage. Yeah, and Garfield is going to be busy with award season, so maybe mm-hmm. he's he's got other things he needs to do before he can put on that that costume again. Yeah, I mean, listen, as we record this right now, a Twitter no. thread is showing that Andrew Garfield won a Golden Globe tonight, so he's a busy I did, guy. I, I tell, I didn't want to talk about on this show. Don't say Freddie's name. You only give oh. them power when you say their names. All right. So we won't talk about it on this show, though. I will say go to uh, a, a 
friend of the pod, friend of the B.O. boys, Nick Turner, one of uh, the biggest rising comedy box office stars in America. Nick Turner has his podcast, Get Rich Nick. The B.O. boys were on it last week. We talked about the GGs, did some predictions. Obviously, the results are out there now, so you can listen to that episode and uh, see how we did. And obviously, we got some things totally right, and then there's some other things that came out differently than we predicted, which is not a uh, fault of ours at all. Yes, yes. So, yes, G- Get Rich Nick, we're, we're going to be, we didn't, you know, who, there might be more episodes about award season. We don't know. We have one up right now. Go there, listen yeah. to it. You'll love yeah. it. But Let's as you said, about- Garfield is he's busy winning awards and he's most likely busy in a green screen studio putting himself in the new Morbius movie. And that's why Morbius is coming out in April. But Spider-Man No Way Home has got a lot of runway this next couple of months. And I think we both agree it's going to move past Avengers, not Avengers Endgame. It's going to move past Avatar on the all time list. Now, let's talk about another film that has moved. That is, I think, an even more controversial move. Okay. Pixar's Seeing Red. Turning Red. Turning Red. I'm sorry. I should have had it in front of me. But Pixar itself is seeing red after this decision. Yes. So true. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is a film that was supposed to come out in March. It is now premiering on Disney+. Plus. Not Disney Plus Premium Access, but straight up Disney Plus. Wow. This there wow. has not been a theatrically released Pixar film, I believe, since onward, correct? Since since onward. At this, the beginning so of the pandemic. Here is the quick pandemic history of Disney and Pixar and the Disney proper animated films. So you've got Pixar film Luca, which went straight to Disney+. Plus. You've got the Pixar film Soul came out last Christmas Day over a year ago, Christmas 2020, went straight to Disney+. Plus. Neither of those movies had any theatrical release. Now you got Pixar's Turning Red, March 11th. So it was scheduled as of a week ago to go into theaters, it's going straight to Disney+. And in that same time period, you have had several Disney animation studio films. Encanto, Rye and the Last Dragon, both of those films got theatrical releases. Uh, Raya got a Disney Plus PVOD day and date. So like Black Widow, that meant you could either see in theaters or you could pay 30 bucks to see it uh, PVOD on Disney+. And then Encanto, of course, just came out just in theaters. It had a shortened window, though. It had a shortened window for Disney because it came out and then it, I think it was only out for a few weeks before it went I, on Christmas, I think, right? I think it got a 30-day. I think it did get a 30-day theatrical window. But the 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 story here is, and this is something we have said Pretty much since Soul, we've been we've been saying this, and now mm-hmm. everyone is jumping on this bandwagon. Yep, there has obviously been a decision made at the top by Disney 
where they are putting Pixar in their place. I would say it's past sending a message because one, one movie is a message. Two movies is a message. But at this point, this is the third Pixar movie that is not getting a theatrical release, not even getting a PVOD element. So it is yeah. beyond a message. Disney is taking Pixar, and I think they are, if not getting rid of the brand, they are purposefully, completely diminishing Pixar as a brand. I honestly don't know. I think in a couple of years, we could be living in a world where Pixar as a brand might be retired. I mean, this is this is a obvious corporate strategy by Disney where they are saying all of these animated films are just Disney movies and the Pixar movies are second rate. And yeah, once Disney putting decides them- something second rate, why would they keep a second rate brand? Eventually, you just get rid of that brand and everything's just Disney animation. Now, here's the here's the thing though. Mm-hmm. Lightyear is scheduled mm-hmm. to come out June 17th, 2022. Mm-hmm. If this film goes to Disney Plus, that is a that is a atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. That is we're no longer talking about, like you said, sending a message. You know, it is saying we we don't even care about the Toy Story franchise mm-hmm. anymore because it's mm-hmm. Pixar. And mm-hmm. that would be crazy. But we're not going to talk about that yet, because what we're talking about right now is turning red, which, mm-hmm. you know, this film you see online people saying that, oh, I wanted to see this. I wanted to see this. It truly doesn't make sense to not at least do the Encanto thing and give it 30 days. This is this is definitely Bob Chapik saying Pixar F you. Mm-hmm. And we don't know why, but with him in charge, Pixar is is in the doghouse. And I, and I can't understand. I mean, the one reason I could see is because he might not see these movies as being potential hits. And I would yeah. agree with that because I think Pixar for years now, the creative team behind it has become so obsessed with, uh, I guess, um, making films that aren't aimed at children. Mm-hmm. Now, this one seems a little bit like it's more aimed at children, but I think it's about anxiety, and I think it's, you know, you got a bunch of these, uh, uh, you know, middle-aged guys who all deal with anxiety, and they're saying, hey, this is, you know, let's make a movie about this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't know if kids want to see this. And so uh, there could be an element of that where Bob Chapek's being like, hey, make something for kids. Right, right. What are you doing? Y'all looking at your navel. Stop looking at your goddamn navels and make something for the kids. Right. Right. I mean, they they keep that. I mean, this is not we're not critics. This is not a, a, a review show. Thumbs up, thumbs down. This is not like that. Rotten but, or fresh. No, it's not about what's rotten and fresh. But you look at these Pixar movies the last few years and 
they do just keep remaking the same theme. You know, it's inside out over and over again. It's basically, you know, soul, inside out, this turning red. It's all about what if humans were robots and what what go, you know, what is going on inside of you that makes you crazy or makes you whatever. You know, it's it's it is like you said, these movies seem like they come out of these animators psychotherapy sessions. Yes. You know, it's a bunch of middle-aged people going to therapy and then writing quote-unquote kids movies. Anyway, they, not, again, not to to get critical, but I do think from Disney's point of view, they're starting to look at these and that's why I think Lightyear coming out next year, that's going to theaters because that is old-fashioned for kids. The guy's an astronaut. He's going to fight aliens, whatever Lightyear does. But these Pixar movies that are just psychotherapy uh, uh, sessions by middle-aged people, Disney is getting sick of it. And mm-hmm. Disney is starting to look at these Pixar movies as we got to send a message to these creative people. They got to get their act together because we're not putting these therapy sessions in theaters anymore. Yeah, and you're and you see their last big original hit that wasn't a sequel mm-hmm. was Inside Out 2015. The movie opened at 90 million dollars went on to make 356.4 domestic. Mm-hmm. Then you have Coco 2017 opens to 50, makes only 210. And then you have Incredibles 2, Toy Story 4, they're both Baffa Bobo, and then Onward, obviously Onward got cut short, but we all agree, again, going back to it, this is a movie that would have flopped even if COVID hadn't happened. Yep. Yeah. And and the only reason this movie can get chalked up to COVID is because it ap- it opened two weeks or a week before I think actually a week before everything shut down. Mm-hmm. So it had a truncated run, but it would have been we all we agreed at the time it would have been a good dinosaur. Yes. Which the good yes. dinosaur is what everybody looks at as a bad Pixar movie. Thirty nine point one million dollars. Domestic box office, 123. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Onward would not have hit that even in non-COVID times. And I think Disney, you know, credit to Disney, they understood that Onward was a bomb. They didn't give it the, oh, it only was a, a, a COVID casualty. The people at Disney understood Onward was a bomb. Pixar is starting to lose its mojo. And, you know, back, though, to this decision of not putting any of these movies in theaters. You know, we've seen at this point, it really doesn't make sense to give something no theatrical window, or at least not these big movies. Mm -hmm. You give them some theatrical window, and at the same time you advertise it's going to be in our streamer in a month or a month and a half, whatever it is. And you're basically going to get the same publicity and the same subscriber bump if you put it out six weeks later. And you're going to at least have made probably most of what a movie would have made in the theaters. It makes it in those first three, four weeks. Absolutely. And the fact that they are not putting Turning Red in the theater 
is not a business decision. It is a message. And I do think we're going to look back at this point and in a couple of years when Pixar maybe isn't a, you know, when Pixar is basically just a label you see on the new Toy Story movies or on the new Monsters University movies, you know, where it's only used when they make a sequel to one of the few viable old Pixar franchises. But I I think we're going to be in a world where there aren't new original Pixar feature movies anymore. Or, I mean- or, or Disney is basically turning Pixar into its direct-to-video label. You know, Pixar is going to mean, oh, it's a Pixar movie. That's a streamer movie. That's the equivalent of Aladdin to the return of Jafar. It's going to become, Pixar is going to become National Lampoon. Mm-hmm. Yep. A, a, once, a once proud name to put atop your film will be forever besmirched yep. by these direct-to-streamer releases. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, the people at Disney... I don't think they don't know that. You know, the people at Disney, they know the history of what happened to National Lampoon. That National Lampoon used to be National Lampoon's vacation. You know, they used to be National Lampoon's animal house. And then years later... Van Wilder. Van Wilder. And then it sinks lower than that. You know, it's National Lampoon's uh, Bikini Boathouse 4 or whatever these National Lampoon's movies are. And once you get into that territory where you are the brand name on these grade D, you know, then it would have been direct to video. Now it's direct to streaming. But once your name becomes synonymous with that level of production, you don't get that stink off. And right now, Pixar is in danger of becoming a direct-to-video brand in the minds of consumers and in the minds of kids. You know, these kids aren't stupid. These kids are on TikTok, and these kids are reading Variety, and they're listening to the B.O. Boys, and these kids are going to have it imprinted in their little pea brains that Pixar means lower quality. Pixar is the thing I get for free on Disney+. Plus. It's not the thing that... I force my parents to pay for in the movie theaters. Yeah, and and they're and they're growing up in a world where movies like Frozen and Moana mm-hmm. are rewatched to death, mm-hmm. and no one's rewatching. None of these kids are rewatching Soul. No, none of these kids are rewatching Onward. I no. mean, a few, but. If they are, get them help. Right, right. Well, they're they're rewatching them in the way that kids did when they got the direct-to-video sequels to The Little Mermaid, to Cinderella, Return of Jafar, Aladdin 2. They would get those tapes. Mm-hmm. But they would understand those are not the real movies. You know, kids will watch things because it's like 
when you're a kid, time feels like it's lasting forever and you got to fill up those hours. So they'll watch the direct-to-video sequels, but they'll understand these are the time wasters. The thing that I'm really waiting for is seeing Lion King on the big screen. And kids today, they know the thing they're waiting for is seeing the next Frozen movie or the next Moana in movie theaters. And the Pixar straight to Disney Plus, basically the equivalent of the straight to video movies, Pixar movies are the time wasters. You know, those are the things that just get me to lunchtime, get me to nappy time. Mm-hmm. But they're they're not the the big events of a kid's life anymore. Well, we're going to be following the story, obviously. There's so much more to discover. If anybody mm-hmm. has any information, any inside information that they're willing to, you know, whistleblow, be a whistleblower is mm-hmm. what we're asking you to do. Mm-hmm. Which is different than being a snitch. We're not asking you to snitch. We're asking you to whistleblow. That's completely different. Two different things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whistleblow is about you know uh, telling truth to power. You know, uh, uh, giving the the people information they need. Being a snitch is just trying to get other people in trouble, which is not what we're trying to do. Right. 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 But and, let us. And we're know. definitely we not asking know. you to be a rat. We don't want you to be a rat. That's oh, no, the furthest not, thing. You know, I'm not asking you to be a rat, huh? No. We're asking no. you to be a whistleblower. It's a completely different thing. Get a dictionary. Figure it out. I mean, I explained it, but you know, really, you should know what these words are and the difference between them. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm in kind of a pissy mood. Anyway, let's look forward Yes. to something we're both looking forward to. Oh, I, 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 I can't wait to talk about this. The Friday release of Scream, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Scream 5, continuation of the Scream series, one of my favorite series of all time, a series you just rewatched in its entirety. I, I rewatched all four Scream movies this past week. Um, and, you know, we, we may do... A, you know, we usually we, of course, we only talk box office in the next week or week and a half. We may do a just look at the movies, the Scream movies. So that may be coming up. So that's a little tease. We may do a special episode in the next couple of weeks where we just talk the movies themselves. But I did rewatch all the Scream movies. Spoiler alert. Great. A great series. Only one stinker in the bunch, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And you look at the box office history of these movies and there is an interesting story there. And I, I, you know, I, I, I've been seeing mixed things on where people think scream five is going to come in and I'm trying not to let the rewatch I just did affect my prediction. Mm -hmm. I will not allow my affinity for these films to cloud my judgment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because and... I don't think we were talking, because we actually watched four together the other night. We did. And we were talking, because we always do, talking about box office, talking about comps for this new Scream film. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and more more specifically, we're talking about where horror is now and where it's going. 
because right now it doesn't feel like horror has a specific uh, driving type of franchise that it has had in the past. But you mentioned the Halloween reboot. Yeah. And not reboot continuation. It's it's the new kind of continuation. You know, the it's a sequel to the first one, but it's called Halloween. That filmmaking Bafa Bobo, and I don't think it's a comp only because I I don't think Ghostface is culturally in that tier of horror icons because you got the horror icons which are I think Freddy. Jason, Michael Myers, and then some people say Leatherface. But well, I mean, well, let's 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 hold on. Let's take a step back. So let's take a step back. So again, to set the table, Scream Five comes out this Friday. It has all of the main original stars, or the main, the big three. You know, Nev Campbell's coming back. Courtney Cox is coming back. David Arquette is coming back. So you got Sydney, you got Gale, you got Dewey. So let's take a look at this in terms of box office as a franchise. So I'm bringing up the screen franchise box office history. So the first one came out December 1996 and really changed where horror was at the box office at that point. Because horror was in a pretty big down cycle at that point box office wise all of those 80s horror icons that you mentioned were really petering out the freddy movies mm-hmm. were at a box office low the jason movies were at a low the halloween michael myers franchise was really in, in a death rattle at that point like those 80s slashers are dead 1996 scream comes out opens to only $6 million its opening weekend, but had one of the leggiest runs of that era and got all the way to $103 million domestic, 170 worldwide. Just a game-changing phenomenon. And it really did kick off what horror was going to be for the next, I'd say, six or so years. It, it created that teen... WB star meta slasher movies. Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 I Know What You Did Last Summers, Halloween H2O, Faculty Killing Mrs. Tingle, all those type of movies. And so when you say Teaching ghost, Mrs. Tingle, right? Teaching Mrs. Tingle. They had to Tingle. change it because of Columbine. So when you say Ghostface isn't at the same level as like Freddie and Michael Myers and Jason. Yeah. Because Ghostface, you know, it's always a different killer by the nature of the screen movies, all that. But in terms of box office stardom, you look at these screen movies. The first one made 103 domestic 173 worldwide. Then the second movie comes out December 97 Big opening, $33 million, made 101 domestic, 170 worldwide. So those two movies are blockbusters in a way that really the Freddy, Jason, and other than that first Halloween, those movies were not that level of blockbuster. 
You know, mm-hmm. the first two Scream movies were legitimate, huge hits, not just horror hits, not genre hits, but huge box office hits. So I disagree that Ghostface doesn't have that brand recognition. He's a big box office star. These Scream movies are huge. I I think that I agree. Huge box office success. Mm-hmm. But they feel to me, Ghostface feels like a very nineties relic. Mm-hmm. In the sense that when you look at the films that came out, the Scream films that came out in the nineties and early two 2000s being 2000 they do do well i mean three doesn't do so great there's reasons why it didn't do great but then when you get to four in 2011 that film really underperforms right and it might be we're we not ready for another scream because the age group hadn't gotten to the point where they were nostalgic enough yet I mean, we can talk about that because the people now who were, like myself, fans of the Scream movies at that time, we were still out gallivanting, out and about, doing other stuff, maybe not thinking about Scream as much. Now we're in our late 30s, early 40s, and it's like, you know, this might be our our Ghostbusters afterlife situation. I think you nailed it. I mean, I think that's that is the issue. So you have those first two screen movies come out back to back a year apart, huge hits. It's just like super of the moment. Then Scream Three comes out in two thousand and has a big opening weekend, thirty four point seven million, biggest opening weekend of any of the movie screen movies. But it really peters out. There's no legs on it. It gets to eighty nine million. So that has the 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 it's the least leggy domestically of those first three screen films. And then it's clear they understood at that point people were down on Scream. They didn't make another sequel immediately because I think they knew if they made Scream 4 the following year, it probably would have bombed. Mm-hmm. And the budgets were getting bigger because the thing about these Scream movies is they are costly because they keep bringing back these actors. And every time you you make another screen movie, these actors, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Nev Campbell, they want more money. You know, Freddie, Robert England, he was probably not very costly. He's coming back. You know, Robert England was probably not holding out in the 80s and early 90s to do those Freddie movies. Well, and so, Jason and... and- Jason has has been played by several different actors. Right. Same thing with uh, why can't I think of Halloween? Uh, Michael Myers. Michael Myers, Michael Myers yeah. has been played by several different actors. So really, the only one is Kruger, and I do think I do think that uh, he probably did put them over the barrel at some point when it was at its height, but it wasn't at the point where we are with Nev Campbell, right? And right. what she can ask for a scream film. Right, and the control right. she can have over it even being made. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a, these screen movies do have a a pretty high floor for their budget because they have to keep bringing these actors back. 
So, you know, after Scream 3, it was obvious they, they didn't want to bring it back right away. So Scream 4 comes out in 2011. So that's 11 years after the third movie. It's 15 years after the original. And I and that one bombs, opens at 18 million, but only makes 38 domestic. So that is an outright disaster. You know, that was a franchise killer right there. But I think you nailed it. Even though that was 15 years after the original, 15 years is not enough to be generationally nostalgic. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you said, the kids, the teens who were into Scream in 96, they're only in their, you know, mid to late 20s, early 30s. And that's not old enough to be wistful for your youth yet. But Scream 5 coming out this Friday, that is 26 years after the original. So that means if you were a teenager for the first one, you're in your early 40s now. That is the sweet spot of where you wish you were younger and you want to wallow in the memories of your youth. So I think... This Scream 5 is in such a good position to make that nostalgia money. If a Scream film is going to succeed, it is now. Mm -hmm. So if we see this film be a success, then we're going to see more of them. If it is a... (laughs) Pardon me, fuck it, doing it live. If it is a failure, then we are not going to see another trilogy Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that sounds, of course, why are you, why are you telling me this? We know this, but I do think that this is perfect timing and we're going to see what this IP can do. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I would say now, again, I just said it's perfect timing and I might have to step back a touch with that because I do think Scream is a very, really strong with the female demographic. Mm-hmm. Which horror usually is more boys, but it, there you know there's there's women horror hounds and gore heads and all that. I mean, I'm, of course, I'm not saying, but I do think that specifically Scream has the attraction of you've got Sydney as a final girl who is run through this entire series, which you don't see in any other movie franchise. Truly, mm-hmm. you got Gail Weathers, another strong female who is integral to this cast. She's, you know, people people love that character. And I think that's a huge draw for women. And listen, I love them too. But they are the demo that aren't going to the theaters. Now, we did see a few with 355, more than I expected. But that would really have to be a demo that turns out for this. That is a key demo that I'm not sure is going to the movies at the moment. And that could be be a problem I think this is going to be the kind of attraction that is going to get people out to the theaters that haven't been going out to the theaters that much it may not be the movie that gets someone who has refused to come back to the theater you know like the way Spider-Man may have been someone's first movie back in two years I don't think Scream will be that 
But I do think Scream's going to be the kind of attraction that gets the, I've only been to the movies twice in the last year. And I think Scream is going to be a movie that is a big enough attraction for a lot of those people because it's got the nostalgia thing. You know, it's, it's aimed at people who are between 35 and 50 and getting them to remember something from when they were young. I mean, listen, I've been watching these Scream movies the last week and a lot of that experience has been texting with people to try and remember if they were the ones I saw a certain Scream movie with in the theater. Because well, it's, it's an interesting thing, thing to rewatch these movies and to know you've seen them in a theater and A, not remember anything that happens in them. And B, it's so far from that point in your life that you can't even remember what happened when you saw them. And well, that's the kind of nostalgia that gets people... So they want to wallow in that. And and Scream yeah. 5 is a movie that's going to get people who want to wallow in their teenage nostalgia. Well, here's the thing, Pat. This is your I mean, I'm going to blow up your spot. And I don't think there's any reason why you didn't name which one you couldn't remember. But this solidifies what we were talking about earlier about how Scream 4 was released at the wrong time. The film mm-hmm. you're speaking of is Scream 4. Yes. Yes, I I could you, not. I know I've seen it in a movie you were theater when you saw Scream one, Scream One and Scream Two. Right, right. And but, you're a little iffy I, on Scream Three, but you're also kind of iffy on faces and things. So there there's right. issues going on there beyond just this, like facial recognition and stuff. But, but I could I couldn't remember who I saw Scream Four with in 2011 because it was for me that point in your life around 30 that just falls into a black hole of who cares what yes. happened then. But you have vivid memories of your teenage years. And that's why I think 2011 was too soon because the big, the mainstream fans were in that who cares black hole part of their life. And now we're in our forties and all we want to do is jog our memories of things uh, that we loved when we were younger. So it's going to get yes. the nostalgia play, which is also why I I do think the Dave and Gordon Green, Danny McBride Halloween movies are a good comp for this because look at the way they titled Scream 5. It's just called Scream. And what I think that shows is they're looking at those the the 20 when did the first Dave and Gordon Green Halloween movie come out? 2018. I believe it's 2018. So they're looking at that 2018 Halloween movie, which was just called Halloween, which was a direct sequel to the original Halloween movie. And I do think that is their pie-in-the-sky comp because I'm sure the Scream people want this to be a success. And then what you'll see in two years is Scream Returns, scream kills like they're not going to call them five six and seven there i i do think that they are looking at this movie as the start of a new trilogy well here's something also that could pretend for good things for scream is what did we talk about earlier with spider-man no way home 
a lot of the reason people go to the theater to see those type of films, especially Marvel films, is to not be spoiled. Mm-hmm. They don't want to know if Andrew yes. Garfield's in the movie, if Tobey Maguire's in the movie. They want to be the first to see it. Mm-hmm. Scream is all about spoilers. Mm-hmm. All about who is the killer. And I think with this new iteration, there is even more of a, who is it? Because it could be anybody. Could it be Dewey? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the kind of thing that people like, and they don't want to get spoiled on this movie. And this, the killer will be all over the internet by Thursday night. Mm-hmm. But they want to be there the first weekend and see who the killer is. And I think that could make it a very big opening. Now, Halloween in 2018, now this was in pretty much Halloween weekend or, or very close to it, made $76 million. Uh, October 19th it opened. Uh, uh, this Scream is not sniffing that. No, no. Scream is not sniffing 40. Scream is not... We're talking the best case scenario for Scream would be, I think, beating Scream 4, which is 18.6. If this movie makes it into the 20s, I think it's a success. Wow. What do you, you think? know what? I, I Well, first of all, you're you're going lower than where I'm going to end up going. Um, I, I mean, I do think that they if this movie makes over 20 which i definitely think it will then they'll be able to look at it as a win i do think it's going to go higher than that and i first of all i think you made a great point with the spoiler thing that people not wanting to be spoiled is a huge driver of why they go to the movies right now and scream is kind of one of the first spoiler movie franchises like they from the beginning from that first sequel scream 2 they were really deep into spoiler culture where an early draft of the scream 2 script got put on the internet and it caused the 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 producers in the movie to actually change uh uh things in filming and refilm certain things so that the movie would not reflect the uh the spoilers that were out on the internet so scream is the godfather of movie spoiler culture and i do think that's going to be a big driver of why people go out this weekend is they don't want to get spoiled i mean the other thing to look at though is it's a horror movie and horror traditionally is still one of the favored genres of the 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 group that is driving movies right now, which is young people. You know, so Scream mm-hmm. this weekend could be in that perfect position of getting the older nostalgia play like Ghostbusters Afterlife did, but also just getting the teens and the 20-year-olds who are the ones who will go out to a movie. They're not scared of the pandemic. They're not worried about catching anything in a movie theater. They're out there going and they love horror movies. You know, they just want to see some mindless stabbing. They want to see some chicks. They want to see some dudes. They want something to, to go out, you know, to a date with, you know, it's these horror movies are still great teen and 20 year old date movies. And 
Scream is just a brand name horror movie that's going to give teenagers an opportunity to grope each other in the dark. Now, now I'm going to throw out a comp, a recent comp. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, this character is never it was never as big at the box office as your ghost face. But Candyman, Mm -hmm. a film that opened to twenty two million dollars, legged its way out to sixty one. Came out in late August, usually a time where movies are sent to die. This this thing did well. Now, one thing going for it is Jordan Peele produced it. People assumed he had more to do with it. They, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, Jordan Peele wrote it, whatever. I think he did have a hand in writing it, maybe, possibly. So he has that, you know, there's a pedigree there. Now, I could see Scream doing... Candyman money. 22, 23, possibly. What are you saying? I think 30. I think Scream is going to open the 30s. Because if Candyman can make 22 and Candyman brand awareness, you know, that's a cult horror movie from the 80s where it had what? One movie that was in the movie theaters and then the sequels were direct to video. Mm-hmm. You know, well, the second one I believe did go to theaters, and the third one was direct. But it, it's but it, it is a relatively B grade horror IP, and that movie opened to twenty two million dollars four months ago, five months ago. To me, then that is the baseline for Scream because this Scream movie is obviously a much bigger IP. It's got the nostalgia factor, so it's got the prime in the pump for the 35 to 45 year old oldsters like us the 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 movie going audience of today they just want a horror movie and if they went to go see Candyman, you would think that scream is even more enticing to them and it's got actors who are not big movie stars but they are out there right now, David Arquette, Courtney Cox, and F. Campbell, they are making the rounds promoting this thing. I think Scream is getting a lot of awareness, and I feel like this week you're going to see a big push uh, on the talk show circuit promoting this movie. I do think it's going to be in the zeitgeist, and it's going to be in the zeitgeist in that perfect way of here's something new, but also remember the thing that you liked. You're going to see a lot of scream stars making the rounds, playing, doing funny songs, probably singing songs from the 90s with Jimmy Fallon and getting a lot of awareness for this movie. I do sense there's a little bit of a cultural moment that's going to happen for Scream and you put all those things together in the in the box office blender and i think you're coming out with 31 million dollar opening weekend nice let's see okay so i'm um, bloody disgusting mhm 3 days ago scream currently tracking for a 35 to 40 million dollar opening i mean you know, bloody disgusting. They obviously, I don't. They don't got skin in the game. But if you're bloody disgusting, you obviously want the scream movie to be huge. 
because what's good for Scream is good for Bloody Disgusting. But I do think there is some truth to that. You know, it's it's a movie that's going to really get the nostalgia oldsters, the teenagers and 20-year-olds who are going to the movies. It's a pretty big IP. The stars are going to be out there really promoting this. Candyman at 22 million is is your baseline, I think. And let's be honest, right now there is not a lot out there at the theater. You know, it is Spider-Man has been out for what? 6 weeks. Mhm. And it's obviously going strong. It just made 33 million this past week. No, it's only weekend. been out for 4 weeks. It feels four like weeks. 6 weeks though. But it's been out there, and nothing new since then has really caught on. And every once in a while, especially these teenagers who are probably going to see Spider-Man over and over again at this point just to have something to do, because that's one of the few groups of, of, of people who still go to the movies just to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... They are ready for something big to congregate at. And I think Scream is coming along at a real good time where those teenagers are going to be willing to not see Spider-Man for the fifth time and instead, hey, let's all go see Scream. Yeah. Uh, So those numbers, those tracking numbers were reported uh by bloody disgusting, but from an indie wire article, just to give you know credit where it's due. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it is you are, you know. I think I'm being a little low, a little hard on this. What's your number again? I'm going 31 million. Okay, I you know that feels good. I I couldn't. I hope it does 40. I mean, you know. F it. I hope it does 50, obviously. I mean, I hope it does 100, whatever, you know. I hope it goes as high as it possibly can go. But yeah, you're you're making a lot of good points here. And I think I was going low because I was trying to protect myself from disappointment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which I can't be doing. It's just so close to my heart. It's a hard, you know, it's a hard thing to talk about. Right. So I think I'm going to go 35. I'm going to go low end of industry tracking. Wow, 35. So I mean, above I'm looking, you. I'm looking at, you know, Ghostbusters Afterlife in November. That opened at 44 million. And Ghostbusters is a bigger IP than Scream. But I think it's comparable in the sense that it is that nostalgia play for people in their 40s. And if that made 44 million, I do think Scream could make in the 30s. You know, it would be it would be strange at this point for Scream to open lower than Candyman did in August, based on the size of the IP and the fact that, again, I think Neff Campbell, David Arquette, Courtney Cox are really out there promoting this thing. I think there's a lot of awareness being built for this movie coming out. So, okay, so if, if Scream opens at twenty. Uh, that that just feels strange to me. Yeah. Okay. So let's. We're going long. What what is? 
you I mean, obviously we're saying this is gonna beat Spider Man. It's gonna dethrone Spider Man, correct? Yes. Because it has I, to. Yeah. I mean I think or, Scream number one opens at a uh, Scream five is opening number one at thirty one million. Spider Man is gonna be number two in the twenties. Sing will be pushed down to number three. Is there anything else opening this weekend? Actually, I haven't nope. so then no. Sing Sing Two is gonna be number three. Um yeah, and I think honestly, I think it's going to be pretty straightforward in that everything's just going to move down one. I do think the 355 will go to number 4 and Kingsman number 5. I don't think Kingsman is going to flip-flop with 355. Well, yeah, I'll stick with that. What do you think? I mean, that to me that's the only debatable thing is whether Kingsman stays at number four and 355 drops down. To, I think to Kingsman stays. I, okay. I, I, I say, I say scream, then spider scream with 35 Spider-Man sing to Kingsman and then 355. Yeah, I could see that. The, that that's probably the only possible debate in the top five. I think those, those top three are locked in for sure. But never count out the underdog. <laughs> God, I can't. Uh, uh, sorry, been uh, talking for too long. Never uh, discount the underdog because here's what I'm going to say about American Underdog. Mm-hmm. No football next weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no, I'm wrong. There is football no, next weekend. No, there's playoff football. Scratch what I said. I was thinking yeah. Super Bowl. I'm wrong. No, there's We're going football. too long. It's, it's too late, Pat. We got to wrap this up. Where can they yeah. find us? Find us at... Our email address, the Podcast at gmail.com. Obviously, let us know what your predictions are for Scream 5. If you're an oldster, let us know how nostalgic you are for it. If you're a youngster, let us know if you're going to get all your buddies and your dates together and see Scream instead of seeing Spider-Man for the 18th time. Um, and of course, if you are a whistleblower, not a rat, not a fink, but a, a whistleblower, snitch. not a snitch, but if you are a whistleblower... Um, in the Disney company who knows something about what's going on there, why Disney is shunting Pixar, turning Pixar into their direct-to-VHS division, send us an email, the Podcast at gmail.com. We'll, we'll get that information out there. We'll keep your identity safe. You won't lose your job. Don't worry about it. But we got to get that info out there and get to the bottom of this why Pixar is being destroyed by Disney. Yep. And uh, no time for plugs. Pat, we got to go. I don't think there's anything left to say except for until next time. We'll, we'll smell, smell you at, at the, the-